Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, so an added benefit, I feel like at least uh, being in the Cosmos ecosystem versus Ethereum is that you almost become a maxi by itself uh, by being in the Ethereum ecosystem. Like everything has to be Ethereum-based or Solidity-based. Whereas in Cosmos, you can be almost like programming ag agnostic depending on the chain. And every, every time there's a new project, I feel like in Cosmos, uh, people are not mad or hold a grudge against that new project. Um, people actually cheer you on and want you to grow because if a chain in the eco in the uh, Cosmos ecosystem, because of IBC, if that succeeds, then everybody succeeds. And that's just a super pleasant vibe in the ecosystem, I feel like, that I haven't seen at least in the, to the same extent in other ecosystems. Maybe you felt the same. We have Dimension. Welcome, everyone. Thanks, guys. And uh, we will hear more, of course, from the devil's mouth. But uh, from what I gather, Dimension is a layer two roll-up solution for all kinds of Cosmos projects. Um, as, uh, as you guys say, right now, uh, Cosmos is scaling uh, horizontally with all kinds of different chains, but not so much vertically. Uh, like we've seen with uh, Optimism, Arbitrum, Matic, you name it in Ethereum and, uh, and other chains out there. And that's exactly what Dimension is here to fix, which uh, I would love to hear more about. I think the promise of something like Dimension being able to scale vertically and horizontally in the, in the Cosmos ecosystem is, just, is something that hold, holds a lot of promise, really. Uh, it's super exciting. Uh, it will allow, finally, Cosmos to scale indefinitely, <laughs> almost. But uh, obviously, uh, I want to hear it from uh, the people who are building this. Um, and this might get a bit technical, but that's great, I think. So, uh, so yeah, guys, uh, maybe you guys want to introduce what is Dimension all about and why do people need to pay attention here? Definitely. So thank you for the context, Mark. Uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, definitely, like you said, Cosmos is a, is a horizontal scaling approach uh, in a sense that it allows more app chains and more sovereign chains to join the internet of blockchains. And Dimension is a vertical solution uh, within the Cosmos ecosystem that could grow towards different dimensions uh, in a sense that uh, Dimension is an L1 built to support rollups on top of it. So think of it like uh, like a Cosmos squared solution. Uh, so that means that Dimension enables people who want to have their own rollups, basically their own um, execution environments on top of Dimension. So it's like a, it's like a sovereign blockchain, but it's, a, it's an autonomous rollup. Um, so that means that you don't have to have a validator set contrary to, to the blockchain, to the sovereign blockchain. Uh, mm -hmm. You get a lot more scale and ease of deployment. So today to deploy a blockchain, um, you have to have some overhead of uh, assembling the validator set, um, taking care of the security uh, in the sense that your token has to secure the network. Dimension solves that and enables uh, participants to deploy a very scalable instance of a chain which does not have consensus. Uh, so that means that the scale is improving uh, by a far magnitude. 
um, and it inherits the security from the dimension L1 and could support uh, additional scalable um, use cases. Barry, do you have something that you'd like to mention? In terms of a, a little bit more technical, we can say that the rollups themselves, which we call which we we call rollups, application specific rollups, yeah. they operate under a optimistic far proof design. So all the rollups take their transactions, and as long as they're valid valid with the with the code, the sequencer or the rollup provider they process the transactions in very low latency. You can say milliseconds, but definitely subsecond. And because of this design, the data is then put onto the blockchain and anyone could verify that the state transition or the rollup executed the data properly and the transaction properly. So they could scale much faster than anything that's available currently in the market. Hmm. Interesting. And how did you get started with this in the first place? Uh, I'm curious. I know you guys come from academia, a lot of you at least. Um, but why Cosmos? And uh, yeah, how did, how did you guys end up here in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. We actually started uh, working on ZK solutions and Ethereum uh, we started working on that and we kind of played, toyed with the idea of having an SDK for a rollup. So having an SDK for a very scalable uh, environment that you can pick up uh, and, and deploy by your own and have that out of the box. Uh, and once we kind of played with that idea on ZK, uh, we figured that, first of all, that the ZK approach is, is not yet there. And second of all, that this, the base layer itself is not built to support rollups. So then we looked at Cosmos, and uh, back at the time it was starting this year, um, Cosmos was really having and still has this explosive growth uh, that we're looking at today. And, and we figured that the idea of sovereignty is, is so strong and it attracts so much creativity uh, towards uh, building so the idea of having this base there and, and designing it to support rollups um, is such a, such a strong idea. So we started exploring uh, Cosmos and, and the Cosmos SDK and thought that would be very, very, um, I would say, clever to build modules in the Cosmos SDK to support rollups and then obviously to support those rollups as a service uh, baked into the, into the chain itself. Um, and that's how we kind of started playing with this idea and figured that we have something very, very strong in the sense that um, the technical superiority of, of the design is just, uh, I would say, too hard to ignore. Hmm. Interesting. And I guess a burning question for me, I come from Ethereum myself. I used to build a lot of dApps in Solidity and just fell in love with Cosmos, but um and it makes total sense in, in your case, if you're developing this SDK for rollups that you would stumble upon uh, the Cosmos SDK, IPC, et cetera, et cetera. But how, well, how has the transition been from, for you guys uh, to move from Ethereum and working with rollups there to Cosmos? I think that's something that a lot of people will find interesting, the differences between the two ecosystems. Yeah, that's actually fantastic. As well as I, I came and I think most people come from Ethereum that's starting blockchain. 
the um, the general purpose environment of, of Ethereum makes it difficult for people to really gain uh, sustainable applications uh, from what we've noticed. So what we really enjoyed about uh, Cosmos is that they provide sovereignty, as uh, Ishai said. Each uh, each uh, application, each blockchain is an application as well. So they get their own token and the network fees are in that token and there's better uh, value accrual, greater, much greater value accrual to each specific application. And I think that's one of the most interesting paradigm shifts you, as you go from Ethereum to Cosmos is that you can build, you have a greater design space and you can build much more sustainable applications that that aren't relying on governance uh, as a token of value accrual. They're relying on usage. And I think that's the most important shift that coming from a general purpose contract, smart contract environment like Ethereum and moving to an application specific like the Cosmos environment does. This fundamental shift from one environment to your own environment creates much more sustainable products and a greater design space to play around and uh, also going from solidity as you as you're well aware of it's a it's a high level language it's a limited language in terms of designing uh, more complex uh, mathematical uh, solutions uh, i know viper's a solution to that but still it's not as flexible and powerful as uh, as in cosmos which is go and quantumism yeah. is rust. So these fundamental shifts create a lot of opportunities for developers to really kind of expand what blockchain provides to people. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, so an added benefit, I feel like at least uh, being in the Cosmos ecosystem versus Ethereum, is that you almost become a maxi by itself uh, by being in the Ethereum ecosystem. Like everything has to be Ethereum based or Solidity based. Whereas in Cosmos, you can be almost like programming ag agnostic depending on the chain. And every every time there's a new project, I feel like in Cosmos, uh, people are not mad or hold a grudge against that new project. Um, people actually cheer you on and want you to grow because if a chain in the, eco in the uh, Cosmos ecosystem because of IBC, if that succeeds, then everybody succeeds. And that's just a super pleasant vibe in the ecosystem i feel like that i haven't seen at least in the to the same extent in other ecosystems maybe you felt the same i totally agree i think uh cosmos is kind of multi-chain maxis than anything or or trust minimized <laughs> bridge uh, <laughs> nice. maxis that don't rely on multi-sigs so and i think that's one of the coolest they want the community to grow the community develops as there's more chains and more applications built on top of it uh, we're not saying, oh, since we're operating in Ethereum, we are only for Ethereum. We're not for Phantom, Avalanche, Cosmos, Polkadot, whatever. We're in Cosmos, we want people to be connected to IBC. We want people to be interconnected. So if Polkadot is doing IBC right now, if Nier is going to do IBC, if Ethereum, all these chains interconnecting with each other, there's a less liquidity fragmentation and there's better interflows and it's a stronger blockchain community. I think that's the biggest thing is that we want to, we, we're seeing a multi, multi-chain world. We're seeing scaling solutions with rollups and off-chain execution with the, these are things that we're seeing and we're maxis of blockchain, you know, wh whatever form it becomes. We, we don't want to be just Bitcoin maxis. We don't want to be Ethereum maxis. We're multi-chain maxis. We just want to make sure that it's 
interoperating properly with with the minimal trust assumptions. Exactly, exactly. And in that spirit, uh, a burning question that I have, uh, reading through your documentation, reading through what you guys are working on, burning question is: Do people or does do a change in the in the Cosmos ecosystem? Do they actually need rollups at this point? I mean, we talk about uh, an explosive growth in IBC transfers and all these things, but have we seen, are there any good examples of chains that actually need rollups at this point? It, it will probably become a problem in the future. I think there's very little question to that. But is it is it something that you've seen already because you started working on the problem uh, already, right? So we could say, we could look at this in multiple ways. The first thing is that we're definitely... Uh, not solving for problems. We're solving for things, one, that may exist in the future or that will exist in the future, but that may already mm. exist right now. So, mm. for example, in the Cosmos perspective, is that if Osmosis, for example, wanted to create a smart, uh, a, an application that's associated with their main, uh, with their main decks, uh, but they were expecting explosive growth and usage that would hurt the uh, the decks itself so there will be a competition between the new application that's deployed on on osmosis with the amm as well it would create a higher gas fees and slower block uh, validation times as well so what you can do is with dimension technology is osmosis could deploy a rollup instance for that specific application that requires the osmosis token to be used for network fees so the congestion from the new application would be on the would be executed off chain but through dimensions technology and it wouldn't affect the congestion for block space or the demand for block space in osmosis zone so you can use osmosis token with because of ibc a representation of osmosis token in dimension in that specific rollup that osmosis deploys for that specific application that they're expecting a lot of growth and a lot of usage. But at the same time, it would not affect the demand for block space in Osmosis's main zone. That's one of the solutions. Another thing is that we see applications in different networks and people from Web2, they, they don't necessarily, they're seeing a lot of extractable value moved away from their token and it's uh, and go to the network that they're operating, which goes back to our previous conversation about general purpose environments. So you can say that if you have a Cosmosm smart contract, you can deploy it as an application in dimensions, dimensions rollups, and it will have your own token. So every network fee will go to however the application logic uh, decides. So there's a few mm -hmm. things. It's not necessarily only scaling vertically the existing uh, blockchains is that one, they could be for specific applications that you don't want to necessarily affect the main blockchain. The other is that you want to deploy your own application, but with your own autonomy. So you, the network fees are within your, with your token, but you also at the same time don't want to deal with like bootstrapping validators, the whole consensus thing. So it's a nice medium for you there. I, I would I would like to add to hmm. Barry's thoughts and, and, and what he mentioned that also like on, on the ground level right now, like chains like Comdex, uh, there's, there's a lot of chains that really require uh, 
real scale, a uh, better scale than the current Cosmos consensus chain, uh, which is in fact limited um, to, to various high throughput um, use cases. We saw that DYDX um, is working on their own chain and we're really, really curious to see you know, how that works out and, you know, what's the scale they're reaching to? Because uh, we feel that um, our solution could reach better scale. But, you know, we're open to, to all sorts of use cases, like Barry mentioned. Uh, we, do, yeah. we do see that low latency is something that's super important if you want to do, like, let's say a high frequency DeFi environment, which is something that's very suitable and optimized for a rollout. Um, like, like we mentioned that, you know, it's just, Building is easier with a roll-up solution. That's something that we we feel that it has to be emphasized because it it, un, it unlocks a lot of creativity and a lot of use cases that we we're not even aware of. Yeah, and DYDX is going to be a super interesting time for Cosmos in general. I mean, it's it's almost like a stress test for the for the entire proof of proof of stake consensus mechanism in uh, in Atom. Um, and it would be great to have solutions if uh, we see congestions and and whatnot. It'd be great to have solutions already prepared uh, for some something like DYDX that could explode. Yeah, and DYDX is also a testament to uh, off-chain execution. Uh, that True. Which opens up uh, interesting solutions and interesting applications. So using the blockchain and the consensus as a... Uh, a validation and a censorship resistance mechanism, but having the off-chain execution, it creates a new paradigm shift. Is that not only that you're trying to make transactions cheaper, which kind of Optimism and Arbitrum are doing on Ethereum, but you're also unlocking new abilities to create applications that were more similar to Web2, which in terms of speed, but also that benefit from the Web3 decentralizations, interoperability, the ownership pretty much. And I think that's a very cool paradigm shift that's coming to Cosmos and blockchain in general. For sure. And I just want to read something aloud from your website, if I may, just to for people to get a sense of what this is all about, what you, what you guys are achieving here. So you write on your website, Dimension, chain, and roll-up communication are native by design, eliminating all risk of buggy smart contracts, bridges, and malicious governance. Can you talk to us more about the security aspect of things? Uh, we got interchange security coming up. Uh, this is something that I think the, the bigger the projects that come on, DYGX and uh, others, the more important it will be that we can guarantee you know, security on-chain. Definitely. Um, I'd like to, to clarify and to, to answer with an example. So I think it will be easier for everybody to understand instead of going into the technical realm so much. Sure. Uh, so let's let's take Arbitrum, for example. They have a smart contract on Ethereum, right? So you deposit, basically you transfer funds from your account on Ethereum to that to that uh, account on, on the smart contract and you get credited on that roll-up. Um, of Arbitrum and, and that's the way you know the money flows and basically what it means is it's locked into that contract. So that contract has upgradability uh, in a sense that you have a few multi-sig signers that could uh, you know theoretically uh, change the rules and take all the money that's inside that contract. So in that, and that's being uh, implemented because Ethereum is a general purpose blockchain 
uh, that's connected to rollups in in a smart contract way. So that's that's how uh, rollups basically interact with uh, Ethereum is by the smart contract layer. That smart contract layer is an attack vector if you're uh, looking into malicious governance. So, for example, if somebody has uh, a flash loan that takes all the Arbitrum governance tokens and decides to upgrade that contract, that's an attack vector that you cannot you cannot trust. Basically, it's not that you're not trusting Ethereum. You just don't trust either the multisig or the governance token that you won't upgrade that smart contract and basically um, evaporate all the funds there. Hmm. Yeah, okay. And how is the... Um... Interchain security taking into account if it is taking into account. How does it overlap? Just to get a better sense uh, of this upcoming upgrade that we see. So I'm I'm just getting back again to to, to the solution that we proposed, mm-hmm. which is that the rollups on top of Dimension are native in a sense that there's no, you know, customized uh, smart contracts that you need to build. Um, so it's it's a different approach because we're building it from the ground up uh, to support rollups. Uh, interchain security is basically renting security from from the atom validators. Uh, right. It's not it's not the same uh, as inheriting it from the base layer, uh, which is uh, what Dimension provides. And I think like previously you stated that the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, is really, you know, supporting projects on top of it. And although there's different use cases, it kind of combines into this synergy where, you know, it grows in different kind of aspects. So there's this there's interchain security coming up, there's dimension coming up with vertical scale. It all just combines into one, like, bigger ecosystem with, you know, with a less sense of competition between, like, projects and more kind of uh, appreciation towards uh you know, different approaches and use cases, and it kind of gives Cosmos its, its, its charm. I see. And thank you for clarifying that, by the way. I think, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, this could get highly technical, but uh, I think on a conceptual level, we understand the, the layer two sort of roll-up um, uh, problem that you guys are solving. Um, and you guys are on testnet right now, if I understand correctly, moving closer to launch. Perhaps talk us through the the roadmap that you see ahead of you. Uh, so we're moving to testnet right now. We're expecting at the end of Q3 to launch our first testnet uh, with a uh, trusted rollup, flagship rollup. Uh, before that, we're going to be releasing the light paper and the documentation for the testnet. In Q4 to Q1, we're expecting to launch the incentivized testnet. So more of a flexible system where we incentivize developers to try to break the system, try to use it as any uh, way possible. And then probably we're aiming for Q1, Q2, around mid-2023 for mainnet launch. And uh, at that point, we should have everything ready, set, and go. I think it's also important, Mark, to note that we didn't mention this, I think, at this basis that um, Dimension is part of a modular paradigm. So the Dimension architecture uses uh, a DA layer. So rollups basically use a DA layer, Celestia, um, and submit the state route to the Cosmos L1 uh, settlement hub, which is Dimension. So 
what that means is that in essence we're aligned with celestia in terms of roadmap and mm. so we uh gain a lot of scale by using a modular system that in turn reduces the cost to the developers and gives them better pricing and gives the end user a better experience as well hmm. nice and you just mentioned uh, something that I think will catch a lot of people's attention, light paper. Light paper typically means a token as well. Is that uh, something that you can unveil already or is it in the works? Uh, the token is, is, the tokenomics will be released at a high level in the light paper and more over time as the more details we'll get into, particularly allocations, airdrops, grants will be released over time as we move closer to mainnet. But right. in terms of airdrops and stuff like that, we'll be aligned with the Cosmos ecosystem. So to uh, stakers of Atom and Osmosis, and we'll see which other chains to add and uh, things like that of that nature. Nice. And just, again, from a conceptual uh, high level, um, every time I think about uh, or hear you, you talk about uh, your solution, uh, I can't help but think about Arbitrum, Optimism, and and all these different rollups and uh, layer twos in Ethereum, which some of them started with a, with a token like Matic, some of them introduced it later like Optimism, and some of them are still pending. I believe like is it Arbitrum that doesn't have a token uh, today, but it's coming yeah. up. Yeah. So how how do you guys like if you were to compare yourselves to any of these, uh, or perhaps talk about the differences between that? Um, which ones do you resemble the most? Yeah, so Optimism is a token based on governance. Mm -hmm. uh, the actual token fee that you pay on Optimism's network is a, is ETH or a representation of ETH. Right. And so they, they don't have their own token. Users don't pay in the Optimism token. They pay in Ethereum and ETH. Mm -hmm. And uh, Arbitrum as well, they pay in ETH and they don't have their own token for that particular reason is that there's, they're still finding a use case pretty much for it besides governance. Uh, for us, the, the rollups are application specific. So they're more in line with the Cosmos ecosystem where each blockchain has their own token as well. So mm -hmm. if you're deploying an application for XYZ rollup, then the token that will be used is XYZ. And that benefits the, net, the value significantly. So imagine UniChain or UniSwap uh, not paying fees in ETH, but paying fees in Uni. The mm -hmm. amount of network value accrual that goes to the, the token holders is something that would, would be substantial. It would be enormous because Uni or Uni traders burn some of the most amount of ETH yeah. in, in the whole ecosystem, in the top five consistently. So imagine yeah. all of that value accrual going to Uni token or Uni coin this changes the way that application tokens will operate. You know, right now, every L1 is the one that you kind of want to invest in because of the uh, network fees and the value mm. from the network fees. Mm. But the regular DeFi apps, even the big ones, Curve, Compound, Aave, they're not, they don't gain as much value accrual as you would expect them. Uh, because if you compare them to like a, a high usage high demand uh, stock that's gaining a lot of net income over time, then you would expect that stock to go up. But for tokens, 
they seem not to go up because generally like uni and a, a few other ones they're really governance tokens uh, including optimism but for us the difference is that they're application specific rollups so each rollup has its own token mm. but to operate in the dimension ecosystem they have to stake dime token so mm. it's a permissionless system you just have to you have to stake a minimum of dime uh, but we we would also introduce uh, interesting ways of decentralizing the rollups, which would accrue greater value to Dime as well, to Dimension as well. Mark, I just want to simplify for you um, the value of the Dime token. Um, imagine that for each Cosmos chain, uh, similar to Polkadot, um, you would have to stake a small amount of Atom um, to, to deploy it. So deploying a rollup is basically... Um, using the Dime token for stake uh, and getting your own execution environment, which is denominated by your own token. Yeah. Okay. I see. Nice. And yeah, you mentioned Uniswap and uh, obviously the fees being paid in ETH. I can't remember the number, but I heard it the other day. Like It's insane how many millions, if not billions, every month that is being uh, uh, generated in fees. Um and and as you say, if if Uni decided in a governance proposal to uh, to move away from swap fees being paid in ETH and instead Uni, however that is implemented, I don't know. But if they did that, man, the demand <laughs> for for Uni would explode uh, overnight. They have to move from ETH. They could implement a a governance vote to charge liquid uh, liquidity providers five point oh five percent. Or yeah. 16, uh, 16% of the 0.3%, but they can't charge users more. So, because you're the, the fees are paid to ETH, they're not paid to Uni. So, yeah. the only way for Uni to actually gain all, all of this value are Uni holders most, more than Uni. What is Uni? It's just um, their holders, their token holders. For them to gain all this value, they would have to move to their own application-specific environment. Uh, they can't implement governance proposals on Ethereum to change the way that Ethereum charges network fees. It's just a different purpose. And uh, that's one of the things where Osmosis gets right, is that they have their own token. And uh, yeah. imagine all of that value going to uni holders instead of ETH. It changes things around it. It makes, you, it makes that the value accrual is so different and it creates better economic incentives to actually hold tokens rather than unfortunately these governance tokens aren't always one implemented correctly or implemented as they are as uh, people are told that they would be implemented into how much that it depends on how the system is designed in terms of what is the governance token uh, worth so this creates a clear understanding hey this network has a lot of network fees there's value accrual from this, uh, either through burning or through distribution. And that makes much more sense for an application, uh, particularly like Uni. Yeah, and perhaps that's something that Os Osmosis and the Osmo team uh, should talk more about. I think as a pretty understated fact that uh, all the fees are being paid in Osmo uh, instead of Atom. <laughs> um, maybe they should promote that a bit more so people would... Uh, We'll buy more buy more osmo out there <laughs> yeah, yeah osmosis is a great service i think they did a great job 
great team and uh yeah i would love uh, for more people to understand that the value accrual from having your own application specific environment is, is substantial yeah for sure and that uh, begs the question uh, on, on projects that you are perhaps talking to already or planning to talk to like who do you see as the the primary users or the uh, the, the people the projects that would uh, adopt uh, dimension uh, as the first sort of uh, yeah, the first implementers of this. Definitely, we see, like I told you, we said before, like like chains like Comdex or chains like Osmosis or chains that um, have more, I would say, approach towards DeFi and require more mm. scale as, as usage grows and other use cases as order books are, are, are heading up. And if you want to remove that complexity of implementing it inside a chain, um, I guess that mention is is far superior in the sense that it does not uh, come with the additional overhead, and it could be a complement environment and not just the whole environment. So as uh, as Barry said before, like you can still have your own uh, L1 and and have another rollup, which is um, a far more superior environment in terms of scale, um, and and keep that environment. But for use cases that we see like today that we're I would say actively hunting. Uh, is is GameFi because GameFi is, mm-hmm. is a different ball game. Like in a sense that for GameFi, if you wanted to to really reach, um, you know, the the levels of interaction with the game experience, you have to have these low latency environments which are not um, fully, you know, required um, to get that technical um, implementation into a chain. That's very difficult. To get that in a rollup is is something that's a lot more, it's it's just a lot more easier, and this is what we're counting on. You know, if if we're you know looking at this from above, we're saying that on a rollup it's just easier to develop. So we anticipate that we're going to get a lot more creativity uh, and and usage from developers and in the in the in the ecosystems that could not afford to have like twenty engineers to build a, a specific chain uh, for a specific environment. Um, and get that scale from a rollup. Yeah, and I guess that's also why you're building this uh, rollup development kit, RDK, um, so people can all over the world can take it, you know, remix it, play around with it, give feedback to it, and then uh, implement it as they will. Definitely. I think that what brought a lot of shine to the Cosmos ecosystem is the approach that let let people build let them have that that flexibility people want to have their own environment and they want to have that flexibility and we're counting on that that if we remove the consensus overhead which is also the security needs and the validator sets and and just the whole uh setting that you need to have to 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 really produce a, a viable blockchain and and just offer this scalable solution which is basically instead of saying Listen, guys, instead of developing an app on a blockchain, you develop your own application and bring it to the blockchain. It's a different approach. Um, yeah. and, and, and we're sure that this approach will have, you know, an explosive, um, I would say, an explosive creativity in developer usage. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you guys uh, have identified a problem that, Perhaps it's not very big right now within the ecosystem, but it's certain to be uh, growing and per- perhaps even exploding as more projects and big bigger projects come on 
we mentioned DYDX and and others. And that begs the question about competitors. I mean, you mentioned uh, Celestia uh, yourself. Um, like alternative solutions, Saga is another that uh, comes to mind. So how do you guys differ compared to uh, other other teams and projects doing uh, something similar like you guys? So in terms of Celestia, we're actually happy to work with them. Uh, we build on top of them and utilize their data layer. So for us, they are a great complement. They are the base layer. We are the settlement layer, kind of the Supreme Court of the rollups. Um, mm -hmm. So people could easily deploy rollups without worrying about uh, creating a peer-to-peer like fraud-proof distribution that like sovereign rollups on Celestia would, we we try to simplify for the end user and the and the developers as much as possible. And compared to Saga, I would say I understand that uh, they have uh, validators, kind of all of the validators confirming all uh, um, validating all of the chainlets. So, uh, from my understanding, at least uh, that they seem to limit in the horizontal scale and the do on-chain execution from my understanding as well so it limits the latency abilities and the scale of each individual chainlet so we're different in both senses but i would say that we provide a much more scalable uh, lower lower latency environment than saga and i think we 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 allow people especially from web 2 people who already have chains and applications in web3 to easily they don't have to think oh like what are we going to do here no, you just run a machine build your application that's pretty much half made with uh, the rdk and just deploy it and you're ready to go nice and you mentioned that you are a settlement layer on uh, celestia um and with that, you don't need, or there, there will be no need for bridges in uh, when when implementing with the with the dimension. Is that something you can talk to? Like, okay, so just from a practical perspective, um, most people I think uh, who's used Cosmos, they they tried Osmosis, you know, moving tokens between, uh, let's say, uh, the Cosmos Hub to um, to Osmosis, and then maybe they swapped to Juno and then they moved from Osmosis to the Juno network. And that's like Osmosis is sort of like the hub that everybody sort of moves uh, back and forth between. Uh, how does that differ from using a rollup uh, with a dimension? In, in Cosmos, you use uh, IBC relayers. So there's a trust assumption that the other chain is working properly and that the honest majority is everything is good. And we love IBC. The implementation of inter-rollup communication is done through the settlement hub, which is dimension settlement layer. And for that that reason is because we're able to track any issues or any any potential issues that another rollup that a user is coming from and have also quick transfers, but only relying on the honest majority of the validator set of dimension settlement layer. So you're not mm -hmm. worried about uh, what X rollup is or Y rollup. If there's a problem with X rollup, the users will always have their money back and there won't be any issues because all of the security comes from the underlying settlement layer. Yeah. Man, 
There's so many things going on. It's uh, it's crazy to think about. So you guys are going live, hopefully on mainnet. Did you say Q1 or Q2 next year? Was that the roadmap uh, that you have right now? Yeah, Q1, Q2, and uh, yeah. It's awesome. It will be super exciting to follow your progress. And uh, of course, people are always hungry for airdrops. Uh, I'm sure you'll get a lot of interest on that. If you're just, you know, a fraction as successful as Matic, for example, or any other of these layer two solutions on Ethereum. I think uh, there's a lot of people that will be a lot have a lot of interest in uh, in this airdrop, uh, that's for sure. So uh, with that, is there any final things that you would like the uh, community to know? Is there something that we missed? No, the, it's all. Uh, we're releasing the light paper in August, uh, first testnet in late September. Uh, we're really excited to build in Cosmos. We're really excited to partner up with other chains, other application developers, GameFi, DeFi, and anything that we can uh, really assist in growth. I think we, we really provide a, a unique solution to not only scale in terms of scaling existing blockchains, but applications that couldn't or weren't really feasible in the current environment. Mm. And this new paradigm shift where you have so much you have validation on the blockchain that's seamless easy censorship resistance and you have off-chain execution it it's a nice mix and it, it fits well and we truly believe that it's not only going to scale cosmos or specific blockchains but also the whole blockchain ecosystem right on right on i think it's just every time i start talking to uh to teams like you and and other projects it's, it's just so many things going on in cosmos it's crazy um it's very exciting and um, and this is something that the cosmos ecosystem needs uh, no doubt about it um so where can people follow you you are on twitter of course but uh, any other channels that you would like to point to for people to follow you yeah we have twitter dimension that uh, dimension xyz medium at dimension xyz Telegram, Discord, those are our main channels. Those are our channels. Makes sense. And I, and shout out to you guys uh, with your Medium articles. I was reading up on, uh, on what you guys are working on before this interview, of course. And uh, it's very in-depth, but easy to read, I think, actually. Uh, so quite easy to understand and wrap your head around uh, what you guys are doing. And not only that, but you also compare yourself uh, yourselves to uh, to other projects out there um, and that's just underlying what I was talking about before how the Cosmos ecosystem just seems to come together like it's not this zero-sum game it's uh, it's more like we you know all tides race all boats um, which is awesome to see really also with you guys yeah when you have intercommunication between blockchains it's not a zero-sum game if people benefit from liquidity moving around and Developers benefit from it. Users benefit from it. Everyone benefits. Amen to that. So with that, guys, thank you so much for joining the Cosmos Club. As I mentioned in the beginning, make sure to, to sign up on our newsletter. Follow us on Twitter, of course. And uh, then listen to this on your favorite po podcast platform uh, after this uh, Twitter space. Thank you so much, guys, for joining. And uh, speak soon. Thanks for having us, thank Mark. You. Thank Bye. you. Take care, man. Ciao.